Hello, everyone. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. On this episode, we're going to talk about LinkedIn, E3, uh, a tip for someone who may not have set up their Microsoft account perfectly. And of course, we'll discuss some uh, app music and podcast picks. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith. I am joined today by David V. Kimball. Greetings, David. Greetings, Vernon. Great to have you back in the studio. Actually, it's kind of weird to say that. In your studio. That is kind of weird. Yeah. In my my studio. You know what I mean. Yeah. Back, back to... Yeah. We're not very... Podcasting is like... We stumble about through it. And I love it <laughs> for that. I love that any idiot can podcast. <laughs> and um, I love that, I can, that I'm able to do this. And it eventually be so cool to just like actually be a pro at it. <laughs> oh not, man. Not gonna happen. The dream. Yeah. The dream though, right? Sure. How was your week? Well, uh, hold on, hold on. Your week was awesome, I bet, because last episode was awesome. You guys had Aaron Hall on the show. Uh, there was it was a good things to life from from Twitter. Very cool show. I got a lot of feedback. I saw a lot of feedback as far as how how great that show was. I really enjoyed that. Nice job, you guys. Cool. I'm glad you're able to listen. Uh, yeah, it was great having Aaron on. And he's like a fountain of knowledge, and uh, his his perspective always like excites me because I feel like he's one of the few that really does understand where Microsoft's going. He's like one of those like they talk about. I, don't know, I can't remember what it's called, like the the curve or whatever, and like the early adopters and the like innovators or whatever. I feel like he's like at the bleeding edge in the front of that. That's completely gonna, true. What is the yeah. term for that? That's really bothering me. Well, there's there's the tail. That's the uh, that's not that. I mean that they use that term. Um, yeah, but, also, but there's like a term. For, I know early adopters. That's totally what it it is. But there's like a whole. There's a term that describes the whole spectrum, but anyways. Fanboys. You, no. You get the idea. <laughs> they're they're oh, in man. that range, too. <laughs> they're in there. Oh, gosh. You're right. Anyway. No, that was an awesome. There's someone in the early majority, I'd say. Fanboys are like... Yeah, fanboys are probably part of the early majority, and then the bandwagoners come after them. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to dwell on it. Um... <laughs> Tell us about Slack, David. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so Slack is a messaging application that's used by tech startups and all the trendy, cool people. So uh, we decided we'd set one up for MS Mobile Show because we're not really a tech startup. We're not necessarily cool and trendy either, but we just thought it'd be a good idea. So uh, please join us. It's actually a place for great conversations and um, just chill and talk about microsoft and just tech and stuff you're doing lately and if you're interested and you're like wow that sounds like a cool cool time uh msmobileshow.com slash slack is the place you should go and we'll add you to the group Mm -hmm. we will cover a tip of the episode this episode reason being a couple days ago or yesterday or something uh, i got a phone call from my dad he's traveling you know driving through wisconsin or something um, I don't know exactly where he was, and he says, uh, "What do you get, what do you happens when you keep getting an error on you know like um, on his he has a Windows phone, um, Samsung Ative uh, S Neo or something, and uh, his Microsoft account is not syncing. You know he's having an issue with, it. and he's like, I don't remember changing a password on it, but that's what I'm getting wrong password, and with another numbered error code, which of course I don't know what that is. I did bother looking it up." 
but he's driving, so I wasn't going to take too much of his time while doing this. Disclaimer, don't do this while you're driving. Well, <laughs> he was he must have changed his password. He need to get back into it. And so I um, uh, I basically logged in on my browser in private uh, tab and logged in with his email, tried to use his password, which he gave me. It wasn't working, so I went to reset password. In there, it says, okay, what email do you want to send it to? So he tried to sync the email address. It was a Yahoo account, which he never used, on his phone, and that wasn't coming up. So we were, he said, last synced 30 days ago or something. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to send it to that. And so we had to go proceed without that. And so to do that, and I haven't done, I had never done this before this way. So basically I went to the next step. It said, well, set up an an email address. You know, you can access, obviously. I had him check a couple addresses he had on his phone, make sure he could access one of them at least. And then I used that one, plugged it in. And then from there, it went through verification steps. It's saying, we need this information to see if you are you. And this, of course, this is not two-factor authentication. He had not gone to that to that level. He hadn't set up um, you know, a, a phone number to get a text uh, reply and all that kind of thing. He was pretty, pretty low-level Man, stuff. Man, that would have been nice. That's true. And we'll get to that at the end here, <laughs> how to resolve this. Basically, it asked a whole bunch of questions, things like what was the um, what were the subject lines of some of the most recent ad uh, emails you sent from this from his Microsoft account, which I'd never seen this Whoa. before. I think it's pretty cool. It also and there were four options. Put in four subject lines. It said what were the next? What are four email addresses that you have emailed sent to via that Microsoft account uh, recently? Also asked. Um, Oh boy, one more that he had no idea. Um, Man, Vernon, would you know the subject lines of emails you sent recently? Well, here's the trick. If you have your phone, see, I was doing this remotely. I was doing this for him. He was driving. But he quite literally, I thought of this later, if his Microsoft account was, his email wasn't syncing, that just means he wasn't getting new email. His email, current email should have been in there. He could have gone in and checked the subject lines anyway, which I didn't think about that till later. But you... You know, it didn't doesn't delete everything out, so you can check that uh, names of, or not names, but email addresses that he had emailed before. Um, also asked, man, I should have screenshotted it, but I'll, you know, credit card information, billing information, uh, date of birth, uh, that type of thing. Which a lot of that he had never set up on his Microsoft account. He's a little bit tinfoil hat, and that's okay. Uh, so he did not give a lot of information to Microsoft. And so then once you know, we went through all that, put in as much information as we could, and then it's, you know, all right, send away, submit. And then the pop-up, it comes up. You will re- receive a was- response within 24 hours. And he's traveling. He's going to my cousin's wedding. My, my yeah, cousin's wedding. And he's like, oh, man, this could be horrible. And um, But he got it right away. He got the email uh, back. The, you know, it, everything lined up. And then he had the, the prompt, obviously, to go, okay, here's the, in the email, reset your password, obviously opens up the web browser on his phone, changes it, changes it to what he wants to there, of course. And then he needs to go into, uh, settings, accounts, Microsoft account, and then re-enter his new password there. Turns out he was just in a bad area of, but not a bad area, but, but like a, a poor data signal area. And, s- 
he, the, 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 the error that was coming up saying wrong password or poor connection. Well, he saw he had plenty of bars for, you know, uh, talk for voice signal. But We're his, talking like 1G or something. But his data, he was getting intermittent or whatever, so he was erroring out that way. And I so see. he didn't forget his password. Something, just another issue happened. So we went all, through all that as a great learning experience. And um, through the whole thing, he, you know, understood and kept commenting. It's like, you know, this is probably why I've never been hacked is because, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's more of a challenge. I like that Microsoft uh, has several layers to, to, to do it. You can't just fake it out. And um, I haven't either. As far as my Microsoft accounts, I've never been been compromised that way. Now, to your point, David, um, two-factor authentication, putting in security information to text you a reset code, all that type of thing, that's obviously very wise to do. Very, You know, you should do that. There's no reason I would tell you not to do that aside from if you don't – if you're not worried and if you do not um, want to go through that – quote-unquote hassle of typing in getting a text code when you log into things and you know there's always you know remember me on this computer and all that type of thing and that um you know he hadn't entered in his password in months if not more than a year um so yeah but i'm not the best one to talk about security and the extra layers of security um but two-factor authentication obviously or multi-factor is what they call it but um it's very very wise david do you have anything to add to that yeah, I do. I think it's funny that this is your dad, right? Yes. I think it's funny that, you know, you talked about him being sort of a tinfoil hat type person and he was reluctant to give information to Microsoft. Well, you know, the result of that was, I mean, he didn't actually forget his password, but let's say that he did. The result was putting in way more information than he ever would have had to in the beginning just to get his his account back. So it is interesting to think about that and and that's another thing, like, how much is your data worth? How much is your security worth? If, you, if you're not comfortable giving Microsoft your phone number or something more than just an email address, I mean, you have Apple and Google and a few other, a few other corporate entities you could give your information to, but it becomes, who do you want to give your data to? Because you got to give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like you said, I think, I mean... Just I, I know there are other options out there, but if you take Microsoft, Google, and Apple, who do you want to give your data to? That's just the question. I'm not saying there's a right answer necessarily, um, but it's something to think about for everyone that has a. If you're if you're a listener and you have a tinfoil hat on, it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, just sharing information is not. We, for the most part, trust that Microsoft is not willingly giving that information out. Not to say the NSA can't just hack, you know, brute force in there and and steal, you know, like these things happen. You know, it exists. But just like he said, he was able to, you know, we were able to go through in about 45 minutes through the whole thing because he was driving and it was, he, it was, a, it was in a new area. He was using the map on his phone at the time. And um, I told him, pull over, <laughs> you know, let's uh, get this resolved. Um, but my point being like he, uh, working at, working at Best Buy mobile occasionally, I've seen it plenty of times where people come in like, yeah, I couldn't get it figured out. I don't remember the password. I'll just create a new one. People just restart their, their digital lives quite often sometimes because for one, they, 
they just forget. They don't, you know, know how to re- recover it, but also uh, don't have the patience to do it. They don't have someone there to walk them through it, and they don't necessarily even understand the terminology and like what's going on. Why am I putting this in? Whose password is you know like um, whatever? There's there's a lot to um, yeah. And on that point, you just brought up a really good point. About the time Zune came out, Microsoft was also, like, pushing Windows Live, their new, like, Windows Live branding. And so, my friends that would have Xbox accounts, if my friend got a Zune, he'd make a new account not realizing his Xbox gamer tag was the same as his Zune tag. And, um, and, uh, and from there, when they would get a Windows Live account they'd make another new one so they ended up with three accounts and that was just like the worst thing like they didn't care like oh like but your gamer score and like your music tastes are all divided no no and they'd be like oh whatever and they didn't care and i could never understand that Mm. yeah so um i don't have anything to add to that i guess it was just it was a great experience for me to to see the new security measures and the reset measures that were there. And it was really good for him because he understood, um, well, understood more of the system and, and how difficult it could be for someone to go in and reclaim it if, uh, whatever. It's a good learning ex- experience. All right. On to the fun stuff today. David, did you watch the interwebs today? I did watch the interwebs. Uh, I don't know what you're ta- which which interweb activity you're talking about because there's actually three significant interweb events that occurred today. Jump into whatever. I've got some stuff in there, but we'll t- those two top two links we can cover at the very end or another show. Sounds good. Okay, so let's dive right into the acquisition because I think you have some thoughts here too, Vernon. Um, LinkedIn, the professional social network, was acquired by Microsoft for twenty six point two billion dollars. And uh, Satya is calling it his biggest move as CEO, which I don't know if that's true, but he's calling it that. What's well, the biggest and, um, check I just he's written? Well, that's I, true. Well, you and know, it was I, cash, by the way. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> wouldn't that be something if uh, you know there's all these vans with Microsoft <laughs> on the side and they just drive up to LinkedIn? main office and they're like where do you want it yeah, back in over here <laughs> bam, 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 and just unload the cash wouldn't that be something yeah that would be okay and daryl saying it's the biggest acquisition in microsoft history and yes that is true and I, and it makes me question what where i heard the quote or what he said exactly i thought he said it was like the biggest move he made as ceo that is what i'm debating not whether or not it was the biggest acquisition that is definitely true and if and if his he was indeed saying his biggest move a reason i would challenge that is simply his more uh, mobile first cloud first like i think that just general is a bigger move in general than a linkedin acquisition but hey maybe that i'll be proved wrong and the linkedin acquisition will be huge because another thing to keep in mind is that lynda.com is a subsidiary is that the right word it's part of linkedin also so they're also getting lynda.com which is really cool and uh, microsoft's aim is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more while linkedin's is connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful so they have very similar visions um but i know there are some people that have other thoughts on this acquisition too well um there's all types of naysaying. You know, the first thing that people saw said on Twitter was like, um, you know, basically complaining about uh, all the the LinkedIn email that people get. Um, oh, I get all this, uh, oh, yeah. you know, overwhelming 
email from LinkedIn or something and then making jokes about that or that uh, whatever. Like Satya Nadella was fed up with getting all this email, so he took a different uh, approach to ending it. And, you know, silly jokes like that. I'm like, really? But I think I'd say uh, Cheeky Taurus, um, Robert Sherbet had about the best attitude towards it. Alaskan Jackson, too. Joel Jackson did, too. Basically, that I mean, it's 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 data. It's a lot of data, and it's the right kind of data. I think that Microsoft wants to really be productive, to to be useful, helpful, um, and to in a professional professional setting. So I I saw one of the I read the the email that that Satya has sent out. Mary Jo Foley had it on her website, and um, part of it, I'm paraphrasing, I could just pull it up, but basically saying that. Integration with Outlook or with Office or whatever is um, imagine just working in in Outlook or Word, I'll say, and you just oh hey I need someone who can who built the template. It's you know it's a LinkedIn plugin or it would be something like um, I should just pull it up or forget what that was now, but it was uh, it made a lot of sense basically for productivity and that is what Microsoft is is about. Totally. My my concern is that they've done something like this before, where they acquired Yammer, and Yammer just kind of didn't do anything. I don't know if that's because of it's a Yammer thing or if it's because it's a Microsoft thing, but I really hope history doesn't repeat itself from that standpoint. I know there's, like on the particular post that Jeff Wiener, who's the CEO of LinkedIn, when he posted that, there were lots of people saying, oh man, rip LinkedIn, you know, Microsoft's going to ruin it, like they do everything else, you know. I saw lots of comments like that, and I think that's, I don't know how true that is, but yeah, that they better not be right. Let's just put it that way. Well, look what happened to, to Nokia, and, you know, just what happened to it, the end result, it was six, right, six billion bucks uh, Microsoft spent on Nokia, if I remember correctly. And that seemed like an awful lot at the time. It's still, Jesus, still a lot of a lot of money. And it's pretty much, you know, they 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 have a few remnants of that left. Uh, but but in many ways, it was considered a, a failure. Minecraft, what was that? Nine billion? I really don't remember how much Minecraft was, but not not cheap. But that that's successful. I mean, uh, I think that was very wise. And, and yeah. this is many times that this is ridiculous num- amount of money, just just yeah. just nuts. And it's not like it's even any physical space or even necessarily any. Is it any real intellectual property? Obviously, obviously there's some there, but it seems. Um, well, let dot com. Okay. Yep. But but what I mean is something physical. Like if they bought, if some, if Google bought Hololens, right? Like from Microsoft, just throwing something out there, then there would be that technology, that that uh, investment, that um, what's the ter- um, research and all that kind of stuff that they would they would have, and they would have a product from that. Whereas uh, LinkedIn, for example, is a social network, which can be hugely valuable or not so much. So like look at Twitter. Um, look, that's at, another... look at Twitter. So valuable to its users. We, we love Twitter, of course. But where is Twitter truly making money? I mean, it's not like it's they're they're raking it in hand over. I mean, you know, it's it's just a social network. You're kind of limited. Even Google in the in the way it operates is a is a is a cyber business, 
And in that manner, it, it can't necessarily make the revenue that Apple or Microsoft can, depending on what they're doing. Um, I'm digging a little bit deep here, but I was really just as many, I was surprised at the price that was paid for LinkedIn. Yeah, that was insane. Yammer was 1.2 billion by comparison, by the way. So that's a massive leap. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, it is interesting. It does sort of fit, but I'm not completely sold on it. I love Microsoft and I love LinkedIn. So, I mean, hey, why not? But, oh yeah, that's right. I did want to bring this up. One thing I noticed about the lynda.com courses is ever since LinkedIn bought them, the newer courses have been very favorable towards LinkedIn, understandably. But I'm concerned about how Microsoft's bias will sort of affect the Lynda courses, right? And like, and I thought about that, and then I thought, oh man, imagine if Google bought Lynda and how like there would be no mention of being webmaster tools in the SEO courses for example i feel like microsoft with their with being cross platform and just being more broad would be a bit more objective maybe and certainly more objective than oh gosh like if someone like apple which is not even in their you know that's not even part of their whole deal so apple wouldn't do it but with Apple's super exclusive nature, they would like just be like, yes, the best application for doing presentations is our default application on OS X. What is PowerPoint? <laughs> We're not going to talk about PowerPoint, right? That's what they would do. And I feel like Microsoft, of the big three, would be fairer in showing what's out there, I think. So that made me feel a little bit better once I considered that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it could be, you know, just look what Microsoft's doing right now in mobile, which we talk about all the time, obviously, you know, trying to get their, their product, their services out to where people can access it. Well, why would Lin, why would they not want Linda or LinkedIn for that matter to go out and just provide people the data, the training, like the services that they, that they want? Why would you not do that? And, and, you know, in, in a certain manner speaking, legally, they, well, I don't know if it'd be that far, but like, they could, you know, if they did it wrong, they, they would quite le- literally need to. There might might be legal repercussions for uh, keeping it so exclusive. Just like, oh, you can only use this browser and blah blah blah, whatever. Maybe I that's don't know. right. Maybe I'm thinking and they got in trouble with that for the past. Yeah. So I, I did find the quote that I pulled off of the uh, the email, basically. Um, such as a LinkedIn news feed that serves up articles based on the project you are working on and office suggesting an expert in that field. So that tying in together with the, the human element, the training element with, um, you know, with lynda.com and of course, whatever, whatever you're working on. And I think, and it could be hmm. similar to Delve. I don't use Delve enough, but I understand what they're going for there. And that could be, yeah, that would be, cool. that could be cool. What uh, what Webster at Webster style, or I believe his name is Lloyd, is saying nope. in the chat is is Eldon. No, you're thinking a different yeah. Eldon, Eldon. think of someone else. Whoops. All right. Well, um, what's what he's saying is I hope this means we get a native Windows 10 LinkedIn application. Yes, and then he also says and returned People Hub integration. Yes, that is something sorely miss on Windows 10 Mobile. They, did they have it still in phone 8.1? Hmm. I believe they did. Perhaps. But the, the the what's new section on people's profiles and the people hub, just as Facebook. It's not Twitter anymore. It's not with LinkedIn anymore. And, oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. So I completely agree. 
I completely agree I, with that I, Webster style. Going nostalgic here, I just remember pinning like five different people's tiles to my start screen. Not at the top, but like the next pane, next you know window down, and seeing you know seeing all those five people just flipping around or even go, going into your groups and people hub go into groups and you see that your group of people and their 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 status updates flipping around man what what was wrong with that that you know whatever it was awesome i missed that and like that was like i always figured the people hub in windows 7.5 was like just the beginning like i was envisioning like a link to their their tumblr profile yeah. or their swarm one right like that that would have been incredible and instead they went the other way but mm-hmm. eh, oh well okay but yeah i do want a new linkedin app like i'm just thinking how awkward it would be if like jeff wiener and satya were interviewed and they're like oh yeah so yeah so do you want to add me on linkedin haha <laughs> sure and he pulls out his windows phone and opens the embarrassingly old like linkedin app and like tries to add him yeah they've got to get that updated it's been it hasn't been updated since like i want to say before windows phone 8 it hasn't it, been it's so so old it's it's sad it really is sad all right something happy xbox one <laughs> s so Apple had a keynote yeah. thing today, and this is what they announced: the Xbox One S. <laughs> not, yes. not quite. Go ahead, David. What <laughs> featuring iOS 10? Which, if you buy an Xbox One game, you can play it on iOS 10. Also, no. Um, yeah, the Xbox One S is basically a slimmer, 4K enabled um, Xbox One console that's 399 or roughly 400. dollars You can pre-order it now, and it ships August 31, which is actually a bit sooner than I had thought, which is cool. Um, something, just a few things that stuck out to me. I know this is not a gaming podcast, so I'll just, just run over a few highlights. One of them is like, you could design your own controller, which looks really cool. You can pick colors for the buttons. You can pick little names on the bottom, like materials. There are lots of options. Uh, so uh, for gamers that like customizing their controllers, this is probably the dream option. Um, and then this is something else that I noticed in the Dead Rising 4 trailer, the protagonist was using a Windows 10 mobile device, and it was very, very obvious nice. from the software perspective. You couldn't really see from what kind of hardware it was so much, but it zoomed in on that just beautiful Windows 10 mobile keyboard with the big blue send button, and it was him typing on it That's and stuff awesome. while he's killing zombies and stuff. So I thought that was a fun twist that I was not expecting. See, I miss that. I miss seeing that in, um, like, Bones, for example. The, the TV, sh- TV show Bones oh, had all kinds yeah. of They had LG Quantum in there. Here, I'll pull up. I'll share my pictures on SkyDrive, you know. I, I, I miss all that. <sighs> That's hilarious. Um, and then, of course, in my opinion, the biggest news for our listeners is Xbox Play Anywhere, which essentially means... You can buy a game on Xbox One and then access it on your Windows 10 device, meaning you buy it once, you play it on multiple platforms, and you don't buy it multiple times. And conversely, you can buy something on Windows 10 Store if it's if it's Xbox Play Anywhere enabled and play it on your Xbox One. That is cool. There are some thoughts here, though. One, they have, a I think, a list of 12 that they games that Microsoft's made that work with it, and there's like four or five indie developer titles that work with it right now. I imagine those lists are going to grow. But my concern is, what incentive is Microsoft or publishers going to have in enabling older games, like Xbox Live Arcade games or 360 games, to work in this way? I have a sad feeling that may not happen. Um, however, it is cool to see this kind of thing occur. And uh, it, it is, I mean, it, I saw people that have Windows 10 
on just on their you know desktop computer saying wow i kind of want an xbox one now and and getting hyped about it and um the windows store just got like 10 times better (laughs) pretty much you know um so it's really really exciting stuff to see the big concern i have though in all this is what if you have a potato pc is it going to stop you from downloading it and say hey your systems can't support this game um and all the problems that happen with pc gaming the fragmentation the general when you have a console it is confined and limited compared to a computer you can upgrade it make it way faster and way better but you do get a solid experience and so i'm concerned about that when translating from xbox to windows 10 Hmm. so yeah do you have any thoughts on this vernon as someone that's you know not necessarily a core gamer but you know as far as like this interplay between xbox one and windows 10 well i did see and we did it's not in our rundown here but i saw that tekken let's see tekken tournament 7 or tekken 7 you know fighting game uh was coming to coming out later this year and that's that's like the only game i probably mentioned on the show before that's like the only game i've ever played and really enjoyed obviously i don't have a console or anything but um you know, it keeps edging me closer and closer to like, okay, I got to pull the trigger. got to get a gaming console and almost exclusively just for the media stuff. Just, just to watch Netflix, just to pull up YouTube or, you know, whatever. And, and also to access my files. I mean, I can do that. You know, there's plenty of ways to, there's plenty of reasons for it. Okay. I just, you know, if, if, when I finally get a gaming console, I will probably end up getting a game as well. And then there goes any productivity I'm ever going to have. I mean, it's just <laughs> gone. Um, but I do like the concept of a smaller one. Uh, David, I did not look hard enough, but I didn't see anyone mention what they expect the price of the regular Xbox, the big clunky one, Xbox One. To drop. What is What are the, what are the projections on that? That that actually is a good question, but I will update the listeners and say I have actually ordered an Xbox One for the first time, and I got a refurbished one for around $180, which was a killer deal, and since then it's actually gone up in price, so I think I grabbed it at the right time. Um, and so, first off, I'm really excited about that. I got Rare Replay, which are all the amazing classic Rare games, Halo Master Chief Collection, and uh, Jet Set, Jet Set, Sunset Overdrive, which I heard is a good game. Anyway... Past all that, I need to mention what was brought up here, and that's Project Scorpion. That's another major part of the announcement. And that is essentially a crazy highly specced Xbox One with four, with native 4K and VR ca- ca- capacity and capability. And it's launching holiday 2017. And so their idea in announcing it now is to work with developers to really maximize this 4K experience. I think Microsoft really wants to be the first in the 4K and VR mobile, uh, game, gaming space. And, uh, they're, they're really, uh, yeah. Project, Project Scorpio uh, seems very, but they were very clear to say, hey, anyone with a current Xbox One, anyone with the Xbox One S, all the games are going to work on all of them. So they, they were really, really adamant to make that point, which I thought was very wise. Well, let me ask so. this dumb question then, because the Xbox 360 had been around for, you know, how many years? Like, what did they say? 12 years? 2005. I mean, like, a, you know, a substantial amount of time. And same thing with the PS3 and PS4. I mean, you had many years verse worth of, of um, you know, viability. They were they were not outdated. They were just old. You know that, that uh, they never they didn't expire necessarily. 
So why would Microsoft doing this now, Xbox One, Xbox One S, and then Project Scorpion within, I mean, how old's the Xbox One now? Two years? And then maybe a little older. But I mean, pretty close together. Um, is the Xbox One outdated? I mean, is there something wrong with it? Or why are they branching out? Are they really expecting that much more? Do people buy multiples of these? Well, that, that that is actually a good question. It's not a dumb question at all. Project Scorpio is not the next Xbox. It's just, like, the best version of the Xbox One. And it has, like, eight core CPU and a bunch of crazy specs. I think all in an effort to be the best VR 4K experience you can get. Because the current Xbox One could not project 4K video and do VR at the same time. But maybe they're thinking... It can do 1080p and do VR. Okay, right? So I think I think resolution is the biggest differentiator because, again, to twice, to do 4K VR is like insanely high multiples of effort to do 1080p VR. So I think that's the big difference. I could be really oversimplifying it, but I think that's the, I think that's the difference. Hmm. But still, it comes down to obviously they want to hit the VR space. Obviously, they, like they are with AR or mixed reality with Hololens. Um, but what I mean, no one else is necessarily doing a true gaming VR, right? I mean, uh, Sony isn't. I, I don't think um, is even is Nintendo even leaning that way? Not that I'm aware of. There are rumor there are rumors about that, okay. but there's nothing concrete. And there's. Um, you know, there's there's rumors about Apple having some type of VR solution or product, but that um, you know that's pretty tight lipped, I guess, so far. Um, and Oculus works with Xbox and an Xbox controller, so mm-hmm. so that's just a little bit puzzling. Obviously, Microsoft needs to make money on it. Xbox 360 took years and years to make money on. Xbox One, the launch was a little bit you know flubbed, and I don't know where their profit you know tipping point is here. I have no, no idea. But having all these different multiples, you know, the inside, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, R and D for something that uh, there's no way I'm buying two of these of any different configuration, and and mm-hmm. I, and and I don't even know if you would or I mean in the chat, um, you know, Sam or Daryl, I don't know why you would have two Xboxes. Um, I guess I know some people do. I guess I don't know. Well, well, Microsoft did something similar with the 360, where they released a better version that was smaller and cooler and faster and all that years later. But then, when the Xbox One came out, they came out with an Xbox One-styled 360. So they did make three different 360s. So, and people bought those. So, I mean, hey. But were the, I guess were the specs, are... were the brains of it really any different, or is just a different color box? I mean... That's a good question. I don't know that much about it. Well, back to the different color box, I guess, on this Xbox One S. There are plenty of jokes on Twitter about, oh, I want I want lime green and baby blue. So does Xbox One, is there an Xbox One C? And and to get, the, I want the lower oh. specs, but the, the uglier colors. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Do people really want that? Do people care about the color of these? I, see, I'm, I'm totally, uh, I don't keep up on this stuff. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a good thing to think about. Shall we delve into the world of Apple and their conference today? We shall. Oh, man. I'm almost falling asleep just thinking about it. But, okay, come on. Just need to pinch myself and get through this. So, basically, 
at the same time as E3, as Xbox E3, uh, Apple had their conference. WW... I am blanking on the acronym for it. Twitter would just auto-complete the rest of the hashtag for me. Oh, well. Um, basically, it's they're, they're showcasing iOS 10. And a lot of it, the bulk of it was iMessage. Thank you, WWDC. Thank you very much. Um, iMessage got a lot fancier. And you can send crazy stuff like little doodles. And you can send images that take up the whole screen. And the reaction I have from this is, first off, People are going to be so frustrated by how many recipients do not get their media. So if you're not on iMessage, you're sending some kind of an SMS message that's not going to be supported by lots of other platforms. Unless I'm there's something that I'm missing. Because, I mean, iMessage has done this before where they get sort of proprietary, like... Just extra stuff. Integrations. I mean, this things... Yeah, and then <clears throat> Android users and Windows Phone users and BlackBerry users and whoever else just get blank messages that don't mean anything and i just see this i I feel like it's strange to iterate on imessage just because i don't know but but um that's just one of the things the new ui in ios 10 looks a lot like google's material design i noticed there's a lot more color in it um it's it's just so funny to see the, the full circle come back to what microsoft did in 2010 um and then there's this one part where they're showcasing apple music and the the show the person that was showcasing whatever feature was was playing a song, and was awkwardly trying to get everyone in the crowd to participate and like clap and sing along. It was just and then like as it was sort of picking up more when she was encouraging them, she like stopped them and was like, "Wow, there's just not enough energy in that." And then she moved on, and people were like, "Okay." It was super awkward and super funny. Um, but anyways, that that's really all I have to say about the Apple conference. It was, the rest was so boring I couldn't even. Yeah. yeah, and so many will make this this correlation is that like Apple and Microsoft have been switching places in the you know socially kind of on how how they do things, and it was amazing to see like obviously everyone knew my Apple had this this thing today WWDC. Okay, we're gonna announce something, and um and so Microsoft like t- you know takes the wind out of their sails, but like oh yeah, by the way, we're just dropping a few bills on LinkedIn. And, you know, I thought that was just so cool. Also, in the chat, it was mentioned that it didn't even get leaked. I mean, like, I thought for sure Mary Jafoy or Therat or, or Daniel Rubino or, like, somebody, Edbot, whoever, would have caught this. Brad Sam, somebody. And nobody, I mean, I didn't hear it at all. That's amazing itself. Yeah. That's, that's really. And then they talked about it, like, the same day. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, next week we'll chat about it a bit more. It's like they had they had the web the webinar already set up i mean like it was you know it was whatever it's a little bit whatever my point being like how they're switching space switching places balmer and his you know awkwardness on occasion where now it's you know it, it's 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 apple whoever's doing the apple keynotes are screwing it up and i don't know it's kind of funny you know what, though? You have to remember, kind of back to what we were talking about earlier about the curve and who's on the bleeding edge. That is true for people that are aware of it. The vast majority that are the late adopters and the the like the, the majority of people are still stuck in the mindset about Microsoft and Apple. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're stuck in that old mindset still. I actually quoted a tweet that explains that pretty well. Where did it go? I'm stalling wonderful podcasting here. Come. Oh, yeah. This is uh, somebody I follow on Twitter. I know he's an Apple guy. 
you know, kind of. He's he's in he's in media. He's a movie producer. I'm okay with all this new Mac stuff. Just tell me how and when. LOL. And obviously no punctuation or capitalization in there as well. Not pick on this guy, but I didn't call him out. And so I just had to quote it. Not an uncommon sentiment from Apple fans. I mean, it's like, yeah, Apple stuff, I'm getting it. Well, what? I mean, really? And there's a lot of good Apple stuff. That's fine. But don't assume that it's... Whatever. Everyone listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't need to need to dig deeper. Very true. All right. We're almost done here. Uh, anything else you want to add to the uh, the Apple Microsoft day? Oh, sure. I mean, I'll say that another thing is that at the near the end of the the conference, Apple did talk about Swift. Their you know their programming language that was a sequel to objective C, which was notoriously bad, even though Steve jobs was part of the folks that made it anyways. Um, and it was like, actually kind of enjoyed it. It would just it interviewed these different people that have, or just developers, all different kinds of people from all over the world and asking them like why they love the code so much. And that was just kind of cool. I thought it was a, just a good video. And I comment about that on Twitter. That's what I will say. When these events happen, Twitter is like a party. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's retweeting stuff. And if you're if you're a listener and you're not on Twitter yet, it is worth it just to make an account and just look at tweets and see what people are saying as it's going on to fill in all the gaps. Let's be honest: during a television show, you're on your phone, so during a keynote, you're probably on your phone too. So you might as well get insider knowledge and just knowledge from fans and stuff because it, it does really add to the experience. Now, David, you said just to create an account and just follow along. Used to be you would just follow a hashtag. That is not necessarily the case anymore. The hashtags seem to be coming out of favor or just, you notice that? Um, do you feel the same way maybe? But not, no. uh, you know, a lot of the, the interaction I saw, the, the commentary commentary about LinkedIn, for example, was just everyone in my feed, it felt like, knew exactly what we were talking about. And it was just an ongoing conversation. Didn't even have to say LinkedIn. Didn't didn't even have to say Satya's overwhelmed email inbox, you know, like it was just, um, it was something that if you follow the right people, right. Or, you know, similar people, it's just going to be that cohesive, um, that big, huge conversation. I love that about Twitter. It's so, so cool. Yeah. That, that is a good point. Actually. I would not say hashtags are falling out of favor in that sense. Just the, the folks that are tweeting those have a very well-defined clear audience and they're not concerned about attracting brand new people. There are people that are not necessarily into tech, but might be interested. And in, for example, like maybe there's a gamer who doesn't really care about Microsoft, right? I will include the Xbox hashtag in my tweet because I know lots of my followers are Microsoft people, but not maybe not all of them are gamers. So that would open the opportunity for new gamers to find the content. So adding the hashtag is just sort of making yourself more available to people that would normally be outside of that particular interest on a day-to-day basis. But what you're saying about not including hashtags and not even mentioning LinkedIn or just saying, wow, today's been crazy. Like you and I would know that means, you know, LinkedIn acquisition, new Xbox and stuff. Uh, That means that they probably have a pretty big following and or they just know their followers really, really well and they'll know that they'll know what they're talking yeah, about or they just don't care like i haven't really cared lately to try to craft my tweets as well as i should have i did have a pretty good one that got retweeted a bunch of times well a little bit but 
Nice. Oh, that's that's satisfying, especially when you think it was like super clever, or you think like you're making a really good point. It was totally off the top of my head. I was just like, I don't get, I don't get all these LinkedIn emails. Why is that? Oh yeah, email settings or preferences. Oh yeah, email <laughs> filters. This is not difficult. Um, but you do know the story about that, right? Perhaps not. Okay, let me just. They're not talking about like emails from LinkedIn, like, um. So, like, you missed this person's update or something. What I think what they're referring to is a sort of a scandal, I guess you could call it, where LinkedIn made it very deceptively. When when you were adding your friends that are already on LinkedIn, you can click add, connect, or add to network. And when you click add to network, what they did is pull up your email contacts, build pseudo profiles for them, and when you click add to network, it sends them an email inviting them to LinkedIn. Mm. That's the deceptive part I think that people are talking about. And so what people would do is they'd say, oh, no way, I didn't know he was on LinkedIn, and click add, 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 add. And really it was just a blank profile picture, somebody's name, from their contact list. Hmm. Interesting. So that's what people were talking well, about. Well, that's always been, I mean, that for D- David, that's been that way for years now. Like if you pull up, if you add somebody or even just pretty much any page in LinkedIn, we're going way in the weeds here, but like, hey, it's LinkedIn show. Like, You'll have definitely this person is on LinkedIn. They have a profile image, whatever. Then you'll have something below it or near it or whatever. They'll have just an email address or a name with no profile picture necessarily. But it's it, it appears, like you're saying, that that person's on LinkedIn. And so that basically sends them an invite. Is that what you're saying? Because that has been around. Yes. That part has been around for I know years. It has. Yeah. I know it has, but it's deceptive in nature because it makes it does not like a separate category where it says invite your friends. It's it's mixed in with the people that are on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, and so and again, eventually people got it. But I think LinkedIn actually got in trouble for that because they had to send out an email to all the users and apologize about it. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. Okay, you got a music pick for us, or oh, uh, app, I do app have music pick. pick. App. Well. Yes. I also have an app. Let's to- start with that. Man, Vernon, make up your music. mind. Music, no app, podcast, okay, oh, okay. video. I'm going with TV that. Show. So Lumia offers is an amazing app on your Lumia 950 and 950XL. I don't think it's on any other device. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Anyway, it's amazing. Check it once in a while because you might get something for free or get some crazy cool discount. I mentioned last week that Audible was my app choice. And Joel Rushworth reminded me, shout out to Joel Rushworth, um, that if you open your Lumia Offers application, you can actually get two free credits for books if you just open it and tap and redeem it and add it to your Amazon slash Audible account. So do that. And also just check that app periodically, the Lumia Offers app, because yeah, I got... I got a year of 365 with it. I got a, um, I got a continuum display dock with it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is cool stuff. And that was more specific to the device you had bought anyway. But still, it was within the, the right. Offers app, Lumia Offers. My app is Microsoft Health, which does lots of great stuff. Pairs up with your Microsoft Band, obviously, which I got mine replaced, and I'm wearing it, loving it. And uh, But remember, you don't need a Microsoft Band to log your steps, whatever, with the Microsoft Health app. You don't even need a Windows phone. You can be using um, iOS, Android. I haven't used the Android Microsoft Health app, but I know it, I thought it exists. But tracking your steps, whatever that type of thing, um, great. And then if you want, if you want to uh, join Facebook or you know 
get into Facebook more, you can link that uh, to your Microsoft Health app, and then you can track your steps and compete with your friends and whatnot and have a jolly good time, all that. Daryl in the chat does mention BOA app rocks. Absolutely. Bank of America is now a thing. I don't know if we talked about Did you guys talk about it last episode? Okay. Well, there's plenty of other people that will talk about how great that is. We don't want to go way too over time here. You got a music pick, David? I do. It is basically any soundtrack from a Rareware game from the mid-90s to the early 2000s. And I'm talking about games like Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Jet Force Gemini, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and Donkey Kong 64. All of those games have ridiculously catchy, amazingly atmospheric, memorable soundtracks. Uh, literally, go to, go to YouTube or something, type in any of those games' soundtracks, and you will be delighted. They're, they're just masterfully made. How about you, Vernon? Well, my music pick is one that you had a couple of weeks ago, Caravan Palace. I it's a great album, and then the album before that too was really, really good. It's it's I think they call it Electro Swing. And David talked about it last episode. I'm just kind of or two episodes ago. I'm just kind of no last last episode, whatever. It was last I'm episode, reiterating yeah. on it. It's great. I'm listening to it over and over again, and that's why I can't think of anything else. Wait, really? That's awesome. Just over and over again, yeah. I think we're going to skip podcast picks for this episode. Twitter tip. Uh, this is yours, David. Go for it. Yep. So here's just a quick Twitter tip. And this is good for conferences, by the way, especially if you have two monitors. What you can do is, if everyone knows about the print screen key on Windows keyboards, that just if you have two monitors, it actually takes both monitors and makes them one image. But if you hold Alt and press print key, it only captures the current window you have. So if you are in beast mode and you want to be like reporting on what's happening during a conference create like crazy, make sure the the one monitor is in full screen with a presentation and if there's a key like image you want to capture, hold the alt key, press the print screen print screen key and you effectively have a full resolution image of what you're looking at you can then hop over to twitter click new tweet type whatever you want and just hit paste and twitter will automatically take your clipboards contest and upload it as an image and you can tweet right there and it's really fast and great for just and being one of the first people to tweet about something so there's a little tip for you if you're a twitter user and you have multiple monitors very good we will try to get this done within an hour i guess i don't see what time we started oh well we actually have a little more we, we have like 10 oh, minutes wow. well I'm not good at math. All right. Uh, well, you know, let's talk about that one last thing that I didn't. Uh, very top one. We had a Twitter um, follower or, or tweet at us mention, hey, please talk about the uh, Alcatel Idol 4 Pro that's coming to uh, T-Mobile later this year. Which... Whoa. Yeah, cool. So check that link there, David. I'm pulling this off of Phone Dog. It's actually from a uh, a few weeks ago. But I'll just throw th- throw the specs out here. These were the very strongly rumored specs. They may have changed by now, you know, when it rolls out and whatever. But it's a 5.5-inch display, a 1920 by 1080. Um, so it's not the, um, you know, it's just uh, 1080p. Um, 3,000 milliamp hour battery. But it's going to have some nice specs in there as far as process, processor. Snapdragon 820, 4 gigs of RAM, 
64 gig of storage. Uh, they're seeing a 21 megapixel rear camera and a 8 megapixel front camera. That would be wonderful. Of course, the megapixels okay. don't tell the whole story, but uh, it's a good start. And um, yeah, rear rear mounted fingerprint reader supports continuum. And um, yeah, so that would be really cool to go along with the 950, 950XL and the HP Elite X3, of course. So that would be really cool to see to come to T-Mobile. Very strongly rumored. Um, I, I don't recall anything getting confirmed. But we tend to forget about some of those other phones, and we kind of focus on what we have in our hands. Um, but that right. would be very, very, very cool. No kidding. And if these renders are anything like what the device is going to look like, it's going to be fun to see some more variety in the hardware styles of these devices, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. All right. So, folks, you should follow us on Twitter if you want. We tweet about, well, Microsoft stuff, and sometimes I put pictures of my trip to Houston and all all that. So, oh, wow, I could talk about Continuum for in Houston. I was going to – Oh, right. I totally forgot about that. I went on a business trip. That's why I wasn't on the show last week, of course, and – I brought my whole continuum gear down there. I did not bring my laptop. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to wing it. I'm just going completely continuum. Going to use my tablet for all my work stuff. And then in continuum in the hotel. Well, apparently this Marriott decided to lock things down a little bit. And just before I went you know, last episode or two episodes ago, I said, I have not encountered a, a, a hotel that has locked up this HDMI port. Well, this one did. It basically had a separate hub, like a you know several wires coming out of the you know the locked up monitor, going to like you know a, you know a productivity station or whatever you'd call it. Plug in, you could plug in a bunch of stuff, um, HDMI uh, you know uh, component video, regular three and a half millimeter jack, and um, a couple of other things, maybe S video. You know, it wasn't very new. Well, I could not get it to work with. With, with anything i mean it, you plug it in it would just say unsupported format i'd plug in audio and weirdly enough it would just play the audio over whatever tv channel happened to be on that was lame and unfortunately i just was so busy with a bunch of other stuff i didn't make it a high enough priority to have them fix it make it better um so that test failed but i had my asus VivoTab note pro 8 deuce i don't know what the forget what it's called and um it uh that did everything for me as usual run full outlook on there um you know connect bluetooth to keyboard and everything obviously a stylus you know with a silo and everything uh that thing's served me well um that's good yeah and like i said to you when you told me this the first time what you should have done is called the manager demanded to have them fix it because this is America and we believe in capitalism and you're the consumer and the consumer's always right. You're the customer. Because everything else, that was a great hotel. Everything else they were super, super nice about and even, you know, follow me on Instagram because I got some, I'm putting up some cool pictures about this unknown uh, kind of like hidden um, what do you call it? Airport, basically. That was a now, now a museum, but whatever it's very very cool and i was able to do that the hotel hauled me there and back and everything and it was, it was pretty cool huh 
cliffhanger. Vernon El on Instagram for more. Yeah, I don't really. Okay, <laughs> that. All right, now we got to be getting close to done here. I don't know how I kept. I lost for lost sure track of time the wrong way here. So follow us on Twitter. Oh no problem. Follow us on Twitter. MS Mobile Show. Facebook. Follow us there. Like us. You know what? Tell your friends to like us, folks. If you th- yeah <laughs> yeah do that. Um, you can go bug David on his very own personal website on the internet. Uh, yeah, davidvkimble.com. Uh, I'm, and of course, on Twitter at davidvkimble. I'm on Twitter at Vernon EL. One more thing. If you are an Xbox One user or an Xbox user in general, add me on Xbox also. I'm David V. Kimball on there. Of course, folks, if you think this show is worth some spare change, we'd be thrilled if you just t- took a few moments to um, visit the support section of the website. And, of course, those of you that do or those of you that don't, either way, we really, really abhor- well, uh, appreciate your support and uh, listenership and all of that. Got anything left? Anything else, David? You covered it. Listenership is awesome. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone. Stay mobile.